So we're holding by Malach Malif, Lad Parachov, Pasuk Test. The year was started as a Schusi Lenishmas, Yichaskal Shraga ben Avram Yuda. It should also be a Schusi Lenishmas, Moshe ben Daniel, Chaim Alaza ben Shimshan Arye, and Esther Tzerombas Yichaskal, as well as a Schus for Fushlema, Vachaim Moshe Shor ben Malka, Chaim Dov ben Minarachal, and Chanaleah Bashain Tarachal. It should also be a Schus for all those in a Makam Sakana in and around Eretz Yisrael. So we learned previously that Ben Hadad sends an initial uh, terms of surrender to Achav, which Achav agrees to, and when Ben Hadad tries to up the ante a little bit and request that Achav then uh, asks the advice of the elders, and the elders and the people respond, don't give it over, which we saw the Gemara says is a reference to the Sefer Taira. They told him, don't give over the Sefer Taira to Ben Hadad. So now the messengers of Ben Hadad are waiting to hear Achav's response. So Pasuk tells Ben Hadad. So Achav tells Ben Hadad's messengers, "Imru ladani amelech, say over to my master the king." All of the initial terms that you sent over in your first message, all of those terms of surrender, I'm willing to do. But But this last request. I cannot do. So the messengers left and they brought back the response to Ben Hadad. So the art scroll says that uh, Achav continues to show that he's subservient to Ben Hadad. He continues calling him Adoni HaMelech to try to show Ben Hadad, I'm not a threat and I, I, I submit to you and I'll pay you tribute, but just keep your original terms. This latest set of terms is beyond what I am willing to submit. Once again, we talked last time about this idea that even someone like Achav, who, who was entrenched in Avaita Zara, and not only him, but his followers, who did not necessarily have the same connection to Tyra that Achav had, they all unanimously agreed not to give the Sefer Tyra over to Ben Hadad and to deny that request. That's a, a, a an idea that we see throughout the history of the Jewish people, even people with relatively little connection to Tyra, but when it comes to defending Tyra, they recognize, there's a, a piece of their neshama that recognizes the importance and they stand firm. And I'm going to mention, even though I normally don't do this, but it's someone whose yard site is actually coming up, Chafbeis Kislev, someone by the name of Max Redlick, who was in the town of Krakow. He was the leading gangster, leading mobster in that town, had no connection at all to Tyro or Yiddishkeit, had never been in a shul in his life. And when the Nazis came into Krakow in 1939, uh, they forced him into shul as, as part of rounding up the Jews. And that was his first time. He was even in a shul. They took the Sefer Tyra out of the Aaron. They laid it out and everyone had to walk by the Sefer Tyra and spit on it. And so almost like Hakafas on Semchaz Tyra, but in a, in a cruel way, Everyone is walking by the Tyra and instead of kissing it, they're spitting on it. When it came time for Max's turn, so everyone's watching, he's obviously the big shot in town and he refused. And he said, it doesn't matter, I have no connection, I can't do this, I can't bring myself to do this. And the Nazis killed him and he died al-Kiddush Hashem. Because again, this idea that the Neshama connects with Tyra, that the Neshama recognizes that the importance of Sefer Tyra and the, and what it means to, to Kavay Shemayim and even someone who has no connection to Tyra during his lifetime, but the Pintalayid in him recognizes it and it comes out in a trying circumstance. So Pasuk Yud, so Vayishlach Elav Ben Hadad, so Ben Hadad now sends back a message to Achav. Vayamir, and he says, So should my gods do to me, and even further, which is a Lashon of Shvua, If there is enough dust in Shemrain to cover the uh, souls of the footwear of the people that I'm bringing into Shemrain, meaning that I am bringing such a massive force and I'm going to annihilate you and it's going to be a rout, uh, that's how many people I'm going to bring to battle against you. So the um, 
the idea here is that Ben Hadar is swearing by his gods in the name of his gods that he's going to bring a churban to Shimrain and to Achav's people. So Rashi the Radak learned the analogy is that his army is so huge that he's saying there's not enough dust in Shimrain to stick to the soles of the footwear of his people. The, the Radak and the Ralbag learn that the analogy is that there's not enough dust in Shimrain for each of his soldiers to take a fistful with them. But whichever way you learn, the idea being that Achav, that, that rather Ben Hadad is boasting about the size of the force that he's going to rain down on Achav. So Pasuk Yeralif, Achav responds now to the messengers, to, uh, to Ben Hadad's message, Vayan Melch Yisrael. So Achav responds, Vayomer, and he says, Dabru, Speak the following message to Ben Hadad. That settle down, Ben Hadad. Don't be so confident. Someone who is putting on his sword to go to battle should not be, uh, should not boast, should not be as arrogant and confident as someone who is taking it off because the battle's over. That's, uh, someone who's girding his sword should not be someone who's loosening it. So Rashi explains Achav's message that he's telling Ben Hadad, you're, you're, you're celebrating premature. Because someone who is taking off the sword after he achieved a great victory, so he has a right to start going on and on about his accomplishments and about his might. But before the battle even began, you, you're still fastening your sword to your, to your waist. So then you can't take victory for granted. It hasn't happened yet. And says the Malbim that if someone's going into battle, you have to plan for all contingencies. Why? Because you, there might be something that you don't expect. There might be a curveball that's thrown at you that you weren't planning for. And even if you're going against an army that's much weaker than you, but it's possible that they detected some weakness in your force and that they're going to exploit that weakness and be able to win. So Achav was hinting that Ben Hadad, the smartest thing for you to do is to accept the original concession that I agreed to, the original terms, and don't risk an unpleasant surprise that you may lose the battle to me. And then not only will you get nothing, but you'll be embarrassed in front of all of your allies. The Mechaktana says that Achav tells the messengers, Dabru, a lushan of speak, meaning, I want you to tell over to Ben Hadad my response and speak it harshly without any uh, water, watering down of the effect and without making it uh, uh, any less harsh than it is. I want you to say it over with the same tone and the same harshness that I am giving it to you now. So let's do one more Pasuk, Pasuk Yidbeis. When Ben Hadad hears the response, So he and the other kings were sitting and drinking. They were ready celebrating and toasting. So he tells the servant, Simu, I want you to set up and prepare for battle. And so they set up and got ready to attack the city. So Metsutis explains that they were intense due to the heat. It was a very hot time of the year. And the Me'am Loye says that Ben Hadad and the other kings that were with him, his allies, they were having a drunken party similar to the Sudas Achashverosh. They were celebrating, they were toasting already this victory that was assured in their minds. And says the Me'am Loye is that Ben Hadad's mind was clouded because of the, because of being drunk and because he was obviously full of pride. And therefore he orders his men to begin preparations for the attack. Uh, but the Malbim says that as opposed to him accompanying his army and overseeing the attack, he is going to remain behind with his drinking buddies to celebrate the attack that he feels is assured to happen. 
Kisenochen says that there are hints in the Pasuk, a remez, to the fact that the Ben Hadad's destruction was, uh, was imminent. The first is a Pasuk initially that says, that right before destruction comes haughtiness, meaning Ben Hadad's overconfidence over here assured his destruction. Second is another Pasuk initially that says, give old wine, to someone who's going to be destroyed here, Ben Hadad is celebrating with wine. And thirdly, uh, the sukkah that he's in is a remez to the fact that his greatness and his prowess militarily is about to be wiped out like a diras arai, like a temporary uh, arai, like a temporary sukkah. It's not going to remain intact. It's rather going to be annihilated by HaKadosh Baruch Hu through the army of Achav.